I asked you a couple of questions at the beginning of service today, and I'll repeat them again. Do you ever have confusion as to what God's will is for you individually, uniquely, in your life? And then I also wonder, do you ever feel like there's just not enough oomph, not enough power in your life, that you're just missing something? Today I want to talk about what it means to know God and to show God, to show him out to, to other people through your own words, life, and actions. To know God and to show God. That's what we're going to talk about today. To know God is made up of, of, of a lot of different kinds of pieces. The first piece is to know and understand his will. Paul, writing to the church in, in Colossians, he say, he say, he's asking them to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Not just a little portion, not just a half a tank, but full to the point of overflowing with the knowledge of God's will. And, and thinking about that concept led me to wonder this past week of what are we really filled with? Now, some of us might be rather full of ourselves. Some of us might be filled with anxiety or worries or fears or doubts or anger. Some of us might feel empty and have this longing desire to fill that emptiness with all kinds of worldly things that promise to make us happy and peaceful and fulfilled, but never deliver on that promise and instead leave us feeling even worse than we were before. Jesus knows exactly what's, what our hearts are filled with. And he writes this in Mark chapter 7. He says, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. You can barely say all of that evil with one breath. All of these come from within and they defile a person, Jesus says. Paul, understanding that our human heart is filled with all of this evil, knows that it needs to be replaced with something. You can't just take all of that out and leave a void. You have to replace it with something. And he says what you have to replace it with is a knowledge of God's will. Knowledge of God's will. To our Western ears, when we hear that word knowledge, we just think of, of knowing, remembering, thinking, understanding. Right? But, but this sense of knowing in the Bible is so much deeper. It's so much more experiential. Right? In, in Genesis, Genesis, Moses writes that, that Adam knew Eve and she bore a son. This was not just they thought together and all of a sudden a baby appeared. That biblical word for know means that they came together as a husband and wife. There was an experience that created their son. It wasn't just a head knowledge, but it was an encounter. That God wants us to know the will of God, to have this emotional connection, this physical connection, this soul connection to the will of God. To know the will of God is not just cognitive. It's experiential. And he wants us to be full of the experience of the will of God. So what then is the will of God? Here it is. It's very, very precise. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 2. God's will is that everyone be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That is God's overarching umbrella will for everyone. That all would be saved and come to an understanding of the truth. 
And that truth is the gospel, that Jesus Christ lived, died, rose again, ascended into heaven, promised to come back so that we could live forever with God. To set us free from our sin. That's God's will. Now, what if you're thinking, well, what about more on a, on a day-to-day basis? Like, I need, to, I need to buy a new car. Do I buy a Ford or do I buy a Chevy? God doesn't care. Like, those decisions in the scheme of the kingdom of God don't matter at all. But sometimes there's decisions that we make that do matter. Sometimes there's decisions we make like what career path do I follow? Or who do I spend time with? Or where do I go with my spare time? Those type of questions do have an element of God's will in them. And the way that you can determine what that is is by how would this decision, is there a decision in, is there a choice in this decision that benefits the kingdom of God? that extends that umbrella will of God that all would be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, is there a decision that I could make that would benefit more people knowing God's truth? That is the will of God. That is God's will for your life. Now we are filled to the brim, filled to overflowing with this knowledge of God's will, with this knowledge that he desires us to be saved and with him in eternity, That is the single most important focus of God. Of everything that God could be concerned with, he is most concerned with spending eternity with you. That is his heart's desire. That is his will. Now when we experience this, when we encounter that incredible grace of God, it begins to work changes in us. Namely, that we want especially other people to know this, that we want to share this good news with others. So there's this knowledge of his will. That's an aspect of knowing God. Another aspect of knowing God is receiving his power. Paul writes that being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and with patience and joy. Now this power of God, in Greek it's dunamis, which is where we get the English word dynamite. So you have this explosive power of God, this mighty and authoritative power of God that we talk about in Romans chapter 1. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power, the dynamite power of God for salvation. This dynamite power. It's the kind of power that when God speaks, all of creation is formed. It's the kind of power that separates the walls of the, of the seas and lets his people walk through and then the power of God to crash back in on his enemies and destroy them. The power of God to send his own son, God, wrapped up in human flesh to walk with us. The power of God to die so that we might live. The power of God to return one day to usher us into his kingdom, the world put right once and for all. The power, the explosive power of God is the exact same power that he floods into your life. Every moment you crack open the word of God, every time you come to the Lord's Supper, every time you remember your own baptism, every time you have a conversation in faith with somebody else, every time you come to him in prayer, the Holy Spirit is rushing into you, filling you with the dynamite power of God. Now, here's the, here's the problem. I'm guilty of this, too. I don't think we always live that way. Right? We don't always live with that dynamite power of God fueling our day approach to life. In fact, sometimes we're just barely hanging on. 
right? We're just, we're just surviving. We're just trying to persevere and just make it through. And we white-knuckle our life just trying so hard to hang on. And we live this life as in, a, in, a, in a mindset of survival. Like, just make it to the end of the day. And Paul's telling the, the church in the Colossians, don't do that. Don't live from a place of survival. Live from a place of victory. For Jesus Christ lived, died, rose again, and is coming back for you. Live with that power and that victory in your everyday life. Know that he is sovereign over all. Know that even in the face of dangers and difficulties, you will be victorious in Christ. Because you already are victorious in Christ. You have his victory living in you right now. And if God is for you, who in the world could be against you? Because you carry the dynamite power of God. And Paul says you do this with endurance. Overwhelming, positively, Paul does not say that this Christian life is this sunset or moonlit walk along the beach holding your favorite refreshing beverage. He says, no, it's like hanging on to the sign, blowing in the wind as the hurricane is coming down on you and surviving and being victorious in the midst of it. We are not to despair for the strength of God, the dynamite power of God infused in us allows us to live with full endurance and with patience for every situation. This word patience is interesting in, in, the, in the New Testament. It's used for both describing a characteristic of God and it's used for expressing a characteristic of humanity. When it talks about the characteristic of God, this patience is his long-suffering towards us. It's his slow to anger. It's the period of time he waits for us to realize by the power of the Holy Spirit our sinfulness and repent and come back to him. He gives us time. After our sin, he gives us time to repent and return back to him. That is God's patience. The patience that's used in the New Testament towards humanity is somewhat similar. It's the, the, it's the slow to anger that you don't allow the anger that builds up inside of you to overwhelm and overflow and be destructive in other people's life. control the anger that so easily could boil over and then if it's not enough we are to have this power and we're supposed to have this endurance and we're supposed to have this patience with joy with joy paul says we rejoice in our sufferings because sufferings produces perseverance perseverance produces character and character produces hope which never disappoints so in the midst of circumstances that are difficult or destructive in my life i will rejoice because remember i am living from a place of victory god has already been victorious for me the victory is done i can live from that place of victory today And then Paul says something kind of interesting. A part of knowing God as well is knowing that he rescues and transfers us. Rescue is an interesting concept. Rescuing is this element of picking somebody up where they are in a place of danger and moving them to a place of safety. Here's what rescue is not. The helicopter flying over the icy waters off the coast of Alaska after a, a fishing boat has just, has just been submerged and, and the Coast Guard diver dives down, gets the person, puts the person in the boat, or in, the, in, the, in the, the cage, and the cage goes up to the top of the helicopter, and they go, oh, rescued, okay, put him back down. Same spot where he was. 
in that same place of misery and hopelessness. That's not rescue. Rescue is getting that person out of the water, into the, co- into the helicopter, down to a place of land and safety. And that's exactly what Jesus has done with us. He's come to us in the place where we are dead to our sin, and he, he, he saves us from that death and takes us and places us in his kingdom, a place of eternal safety. He uses this word transferred also, and this word transferred um, in, in the Greek means more of transplanted, right? You take a plant that's currently in its spot, maybe not the best spot that it needs to be, and so as the caring, loving gardener, he comes down, takes the plant where it's not thriving, and he carries it to a new place with different shade, different nutrients, different soil, and he puts that plant down into the new soil, and that plant begins to send its roots out into that new soil. Like when he takes us and places us into a new place, where we have to grow our roots down into new people and new environments and new places and new experiences, he plants us in Christ and we begin to bear fruit as we grow. And that's how we show God. So before, that's all how we know God. We know his will, we receive his power, and then we show it. We show God. Paul says we do this as we walk in a manner that's worthy, in a worthy manner. Paul explains that this worthy life is is achieved by bearing fruit, by growing in a knowledge of God, by being empowered by God, and by giving thanks. Paul's use of this word walk in, in the Jewish custom would just mean your way of life, your lifestyle. You walk the talk, in other words. Paul describes this new walk. This walk is not a sprint. It's an, it's an endurance pace where you methodically, intentionally, consistently move from point A to point B. In the Christian walk, that looks like how we were once in our sinful lives, how we take steps each and every day, empowered by God's power, his dynamite power, to live a new lifestyle. Becoming more and more Christ-like. See, once you are saved, this faith that we have, that we possess, is not a passive force living in our life, just waiting until we die so that God looks at us and says, yep, faith, you're good, get in. This is this active, passionate, dynamite power working inside of us to change who we are, to become more and more into the men and women that God has designed us to be. This bearing fruit. When you think of bearing fruit, every time I think of that, I think of the fruit of the Spirit. That those love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control is all growing in our lives that other people can see that. It's evident. And we don't do this out of fear of punishment. Like, boy, if I don't live out my fruit of the Spirit, if I don't live out my faith, God is going to come down and clobber me. We don't do it like that because we have already been saved. We already have the dynamite power of the gospel living in us. We are already signed, sealed, and delivered, secure with God. So we don't do this for salvation, but we do it because we are saved. Because God has saved me, I want to please him. Not that he's going to give me a better seat in in heaven, in the place of, of, of all the saints, but because I just want him to know my gratitude. I want to be a good dad because of the father's love for me. I want to be a good husband because of the father's love for me. I want to be a good pastor. I want to be a good friend because of the father's love for me. Because when I show 
these fruit that he's growing inside of me, when other people can see that, then he is pleased. In fact, it says he is filled. Your obedience fills God. Right? Here's this cool thing. Two people are getting filled in this action. God is filling you with his spirit to that dynamite power of the gospel to live your life. And then by living your life, you fill God up. It is what he longs for. is to see you showing your love back to him. Some closing thoughts. The will of God is all about overarching umbrella will of God is that all would be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth of the gospel. And how you individually make your life decisions, the ones that truly matter, live those decisions based on how will this impact the kingdom of God? How will this impact other people coming to a knowledge of the truth and becoming saved? That's the will of God for you. And then to remember that inside each and every one of you, that kernel of faith is this explosive dynamite power of God. Walk your life. Show God to others by not being just simply a survivor, but a victor. Because you have victory in Christ, the power of God inside you. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we ask that you would build us step by step inside just transform who we are allow your fruit of the spirit to bloom and grow in our life to know that your will your greatest desire is to simply be with us forever god thank you for that gift thank you for giving us your explosive dynamite power to live our lives out of victory and help us show it god build us up build our lives to more and more reflect the life of your son we pray this in jesus powerful name Amen.